0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rats with Shea. This is a podcast about young adults navigating through life. Um, Over the past two weeks, um, we've been seeing the NSARS protest. um, And for those that are not from Nigeria, um, SARS and the NSARS protest was about ending SARS. And SARS is a special anti-robbery squad, um, a section of the Nigerian police force. That was formed in 1992, about 28 years ago. Um, And the the whole aim of S.A.R.S. was to fight armed robbery and serious crimes. Um, The S.A.R.S. officers, they basically wear no uniform. They don't have any police identification, really. um, And they're just, you know, out on the streets fighting or meant to fight, um, you know, serious crime. Um, the protest started as a result of um, civilians feeling like they've been brutalized, and you know, this SARS department has been abusing their power. Um, the protest started um, gradually from 2017 um, and has built momentum. And we saw what we, saw, we, we before we saw the main decentralized uh, movements, which happened for about two weeks. Um, on the podcast today, I have three amazing people. I have Tome. Um, who is a management consultant. I have Tolani, who is a market analyst. And I have Isioma, who is a videographer and a photographer. And obviously myself. And today we're going to be talking about our own experience with SARS, um, firsthand from people who have had one-on-one SARS experience. And also we're going to be um, answering some of your questions. So please get some coffee, tea, wine, And we're about to get into it. So welcome everyone and welcome to Rampy Share. It's lovely having you on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Dig in and leave nothing unsaid. I want to just briefly introduce themselves um, and then we'll start. So starting with Talani.
1: Hi everyone. Um, As Share has already nicely introduced, I'm Talani. Um, I'm a financial markets analyst and um, Share and I actually went to school together. Um, that's how we know each other, so yeah, that's, that's me, just in a, in a bit of a nutshell, um, that's how we know each other. I guess, um, you know, we've all sort of been impacted by someone one one or the other, but we all have our own unique experiences.
0: And also on the call, we have Tome. Um, Tome, please introduce yourself and why this topic is so important to you.
2: My pleasure. So hi, everyone. Um, as she has said, my name is Tome Buluku and i'm very excited to be here today um you know i'm I'm a management consultant i reside in the uk um, but this topic is actually very very important i think this topic hits close to home for everyone Um, for me personally i'm a concerned nigerian as i'm sure a lot of us are um, and so anything that impacts the lives, and in this case, it's been a negative impact on the lives of Nigerians, it's something I think that we all take an interest to. It's something that over the past week, we have seen that we all have opinions on and we want to speak out against. Um, so today, we're hoping to have a very broad, engaging conversation to bring a lot of what we may have experienced in the past to life. Um, and just, you know, basically rub minds on it, um, and hopefully whatever we say today can Go on to to resonate with um the audience
0: solani you can just let us know about your SAS experience what happened oh, yeah. um when was it what was your experience
1: like okay um so actually my experience with SAS happened i think around 2015 yeah i think it was definitely 2015 i was 21 years old i had just i mean i'd learned how to drive when i was about 17. my parents never already let me like leave our estates <laughs> for security reasons obviously um but then i would still like be able to drive around close by places but never really like go out on my own especially not at night so this was when around the age when i was 21 they let me start doing that on my own night for summer i just came back you know how like you know how you guys say ijgb i was excited um and my dad was traveling and even though they had started letting me drive i still wasn't allowed to drive at night for what reason i don't know well i know right i know why now but at the time i definitely didn't know why they didn't want me to drive at night i just thought it was because there were no street lights at night and stuff like that i thought you know it would be like silly things like that i'm like what headlights for you know yeah anyway i soon found out (laughs) so um yeah so my dad traveled and the last thing he said to me before he left was no night driving i was like yeah 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 cool (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) that same night (laughs) You know, with my strong head, I carried my car, I went to pick up my friend. I was on streets, <laughs> as you would imagine. <laughs> I, left my I left my house at seven. I went to my friend's house, we chilled, we went for, um, you know, that Bogo Brees show that they have. Um, it wasn't even supposed to be like a wild night or anything. It wasn't like clubbing. We just, like, wanted to chill, but we wanted to do it in the evening. Like, all the fun stuff happened in the evening. And then, anyway, after the show, she then told me that she has a friend um, and the friend of having a house party, this house party happened to be in Suruleri for his birthday, mm. right? Um, I don't know the friend. By the way, my friend, the, the friend I was with, she was in law school at the time. So she was, she had spent like, I think, uh, the previous six months in in Nigeria because she had moved back and she was in law school. So she knew a bit more than me in terms of like how things work. So I, when she told me she knows the way to Suruleri from Ikoyi. She told me that I was close. I didn't really question things. I don't really know, like... I mean, now I know a lot more, but I didn't really know a lot about, like, tonight
2: <laughs> and knives and things like that. Wow, well, so you drove from <laughs> to Surinare at night. That is brave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: I know that now. Thank you. I know that was brave now. But anyway, so... Unfortunately, we didn't actually make it to this cyril area. Wow. <laughs> um, on the way there, this girl, I didn't use Google Maps or anything. Because she told me my grandma lives in the area, like I know the way. No problem. She was directing yeah. us. About five minutes into the drive, I realized that even me, I don't know Rodo, but I know that he's not the way. Yeah. So it was looking a bit dingy. Anyway. Um, but we didn't even know how to get out of there. She was trying to find her bearings. Hmm. As we were trying to find the bearings, we now ended up on this like one street. I could kind of, even though I don't know Nigel, I knew we were in Lagos Island. Oh, wow. Like Marina. It was, yeah. So yeah. you can get from Ekoi to Lagos Island very quickly yeah. without, just with one wrong turn. Yeah. Um, So that was what it was. And then we we got to like this dingy street. And so as we were driving down, I think I was even about to reverse because it just looked, there was no lights whatsoever and it was clearly not where we were supposed to be going. That's how these men just jumped out of nowhere. Wow. It was like, have you guys seen Lion King where... um. You know how like, how the hyenas just sprung out of Simba when he was like yeah. out of the Pride Lands? Yeah. That was exactly what it was. I'm not joking. There was two cars. They literally just pounced. It was like they saw fresh meat. Wow. They just pounced out of the cars in front of us. I was like, oh, God. I mean, I know like, even though I don't know night, like, I know nobody wants interaction with the police in night. so I know enough to know that. And then I was like, oh, God. So they were coming over to the car. And then I went the window down just a little bit. My friend, she knows nice a bit better. She said, just one arm, you just a little bit to hear them. Not enough for them to be able to stick their key um, their hand in the thing and take your key out. Because yeah. sometimes they do that. I've seen them do that as my driver, before. I went on the window to a tiny bit. And then he was like, um, Madam, where are you going? And we were like, We're going to Surrey. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was no street lights, no street signs, no sort of signage to show that this is a one-way route but no problem they say it's a one-way route so it's a one-way road. so yeah just obviously apologize and everything you know from what i've seen about night i know that it's not too hard to get a police kind of interaction if, you, if you're going to offer them money or something so you know i just thought worst case we're going to have to pay no problem i'm happy to pay what we need to be. i'm not trying to argue with these people at the time of night so how like what time anyway. was it roughly it was ar- at this time It was around uh, maybe between 10 30 and 11 okay so not too late but at the end of the day, it could be whatever time it is when you're in complete darkness, no street lights, yeah. and just mm-hmm. and about six, seven police. Then they said, get down, get down out of the car. My friend, she was in the car and the passenger seat, she said, the last thing you want to do is get, out, get down out of this car because that is like the end. They will take us to our loss, and it will be done. Um, and she's a law student, she lives in night. And so I just, I, I kind of like let her sort of control the situation, obviously through me, because I was the one that they were talking to. So I was just like, you know what? They were getting a bit aggressive and they were like, get on the car, no, no, no. I said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. But can I, I'm just going to call my dad first and let him know where I am. Obviously, at this point, I didn't care that my dad said no nine driving. I wanted somebody to know where I am. My mom too had traveled, So there was no one really at home that was expecting me. I think my sister, but I think she had even gone out as well. So I wanted the worst case scenario, let somebody know where I am. As soon as I picked up my phone like this, that was how things just went from bad to worse. This guy clocked his gun, wow. put the gun in my face through the window wow. and said to me, if you pick up that phone, I will deflate all your tires and I will leave you here. Wow. Like, at that point, I was just like, wow. <laughs> that was how I knew, I knew at that point, like, okay, this is the situation. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but I have to like, like I, I don't want to make sense of the situation because I couldn't even talk about it for like two, three years. I didn't tell anyone, not even my parents. Who I, was, like, I was in so much shock. Yeah. And I know this pales in comparison to a lot of like people's deep stories, but for me, I was like extremely traumatized. Yeah. Anyway, so they up the gun and everything. Of course, at that point, I, I the phone just fell right out of my hand. You know, even I think it even fell like around the pedals of the car. But at that point, like it got real for me. Then he said, "Get down out of the car again." <sighs> at that point, I was very, very scared. But the last thing I wanted to do is show these people that I was scared. You know, so I was still like trying to, like you know, keep composure, keep a straight face, everything. My friend then said, "She will get out." Because she was just very adamant that I stay in the passenger seat. Um, sorry, in the driver's seat, like, you know, have control of the car. Um, so she said she would get down. And then she got in the back. Because they wanted to get in. That was what they, so they said that, um, so one of them, so not the main guy, that was one cocking the gun. He, one of, he told one of the other guys to get into the passenger seat and told my friend to get in the back. And then that was how the guy, he had the gun on his lap like this. With the, wow. <laughs> with the, wow. with the, what what do you call the end where the bullet comes out from? That power was out facing me. And the guy was like, driving. I said, hey, God,
0: wow. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> It's like, not for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> where am I driving to? I've literally been held against my will at gunpoint. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he told me to drive. So the the, the police guys got in their own car. And then like, he told me to just follow them, like drive behind them. Okay, no problem. I'm driving behind them they're driving extremely slowly very slowly so i'm driving behind them so we then get to a bridge um back then i had no idea i mean that bridge could have been anywhere but now knowing like a bit of like what i know about lagos i think it was probably carter bridge mm. so um so we're on the bridge and when we got to the bridge <laughs> they told me to stop the cat Jesus. and get down <laughs> they told me to get down on a fucking bridge
2: wow.
1: at night <laughs>
2: what was the intention so, what were they trying to do
1: ah man let's get there now <laughs> at that point i've heard so many stories there eh, about you know how you tell these stories about them just killing people and throwing them in the water yeah. man i thought that was about to be me <laughs> like wow. at that point all that composure I was trying to keep just straight face let them know you're not scared ah it went out the window I just burst out crying. As soon as they said, get down, I, that was it for me. Like, everything. And then, so obviously I wasn't getting down. I was just like, listen. At that point, I was going through my mind was like, these people are going to kill me. Let them do it in the car. I'd rather die in the car than just be tossed into the, to, into the river like that. Or into the lagoon or whatever. Um, so they were saying, get down, get down. I just, I, I, I didn't want to tell them. I was just crying. Like, not like hysterically crying. Not even like just tears streaming on my face. Like hysterically crying. Um, and then um what then happened after that so the other guy the guy that was sitting in the passenger seat he then gets out of the car um and starts talking with his the like the main guy the boss the leader and then they're just arguing in Yoruba <laughs> I mean when people are talking like that Yoruba around me I usually care to know what's being discussed <laughs> but this was one of the times I actually thanked God and I, I couldn't understand Yoruba because God <laughs> knows what the hell they were discussing there So they were arguing um like really like intensely and then after like to be honest it seemed like such a long time but it probably wasn't that long in hindsight maybe it was just like two three minutes yeah um the main guy then came to like the window on the side that i was sitting at and then told her to drive off and that was it that was like how the night ended i didn't even know where i was going i (laughs) didn't even know where i was going i had no idea but it sounded
0: like they wanted a trip like somebody should just drop them on that bridge
1: like girl god knows you know honestly god knows but
0: the, the, the I, trauma, like the fear alone, enough to make you just. I'm even shocked that you could even drive straight. Like you know, even just lose your mind. <laughs> hmm. They gone next to you.
1: I couldn't talk about it for such a long time. Like I didn't tell anyone. Like wow. I didn't tell my. I, I didn't tell a single person. I was just in shock.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And I'm sorry, sorry, that you had that. to experience that.
3: It was a. Well, I think it was a weekend, maybe like Saturday or something, and I was going to a friend's uh, crib. Like. Let's just say from Lecky to that jack on this side. Then I, okay. I, I, I entered a taxi, got to the second gate of Lecky. Then the taxi guy okay. stopped and was telling me some yans about his fuel or something like that. But what I've heard before is that these guys plan with these guys too. get? But that was, not oh, in my, I Jiget, see. that was not in my train of thought at that time. So he just stopped and before I knew it, they pulled up in front of us and said we should come down. I explained, oh.
0: So how many were you in the it car? It was just
3: me and the taxi guy. Okay. So, oh, wow. okay. He said, come down and all. Then, okay. They decided to search me. They searched me. I was not with nothing. Said I should open my phone. Well, I didn't have anything to hide, so I opened the phone for them. Start going through the phone for like maybe like two minutes. Next thing the guy with the phone said was, this guy and dealer. This guy, they deal loud. Put down for van what wow so
0: people so so people that are international (laughs)
3: listeners um that's like dealer like a drug dealer right wow that's what they were trying to say yes so i'm like so after arguing i'm like how In what way? like what do you mean by that in the process of arguing they said put me in the van so they started pushing me to the van and i started like really struggling with these guys there were like five of them i didn't know when i was struggling with five people in the middle of let's say 11 (laughs) o'clock Everywhere there was nobody oh around. God. I was shouting, "Kidnap! Um, Kidnap!" Kidna. Like I really lost wow. it. For a <laughs> <laughs> knew, so funny now, no. That day was not too I you. They put handcuffs on yeah. my hand. That's the first time in my whole life I'm wearing handcuffs. Wow. Even during kinky stuff, you know, I haven't wear handcuffs before. But, <laughs> I was on handcuffs. One of my slippers fell out. I had injured. I, had I literally injured my my ankle. Was bleeding. I didn't know until later. So in the van, I was still shouting, screaming. Next thing, they put me at the back, five of them, they started moving towards VI. Mind you, they picked me up from second gate in Lake Hill, started driving towards VI. Wow. BI.
0: wow.
3: I, I think when the adrenaline now wore off or so, and I calmed down, I said the situation, I was not taking like plenty cool. And I started whining there, you know, that kind of thing, like, bros how far now, waiting, as in that kind of thing, just whining there. As the guy was checking my message, yeah. I'm telling him, you see that message there? That mean, they asked for money, money no day, that kind of thing. This, 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 this. Yeah. After some time, checked my phone, didn't see nothing. Okay, I be- apparently to them, I'm bad market because they can't gain nothing from me. Then I took me to yeah. the ATM I was like, I should withdraw the money that they gave that cab guy, because after checking my account, they were, thank God saved that night. There was no money in that account, so I should withdraw the money they gave that they gave that cab guy and give <laughs> them. So they then
0: checked they your account. Me.
3: I said my phone was there now, so they were going through my messages, all those your bank alerts, all those things. Oh so my God! Okay. they now took me to um, Sanford About That's VI. Mind you, I was still wearing one sleeper, one yeah. leg was bleeding, that kind of thing. Wow. Dropped me off there, oh collected God. the 1K back for me, and just zoomed off. That was it. So they you literally just literally, left me literally me bad man. Because... See, I just randomly saw one good Samaritan wow. car guy who now decided to take me to where I was going to. I didn't even pay. me was wow. just vexing, because he was oh. like, that's how these people do. He that, 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 that. was fuming, because like, this is what he always do, blah, 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 blah. Shad dropped me off, wow. that kind of thing. I just left me. I, I see, see, I was on the road with one leg of slippers, bleeding, that kind of thing. <laughs> not, they not even care. They all dropped me off and zoomed
1: off. something. Yeah. It's my man. I didn't have a question, Mike. Because I know, for instance, when I saw a, like, a band of police just jump out at me, I did not believe they were police. I thought they were like thieves dressed as police or like just. Do you know, like people that no, were no, just no, trying I to
3: like, all these size guys? Because I've seen them a lot. You get like, for um, one second, think that it could be just crazy people. I knew it was them. I didn't think of I say, we don't boys don't even think about thieves going out. We were scared of size instead of thieves. That's how stupid the country is. Wow. I didn't know that this is was a thing, you know? and they robbed you or something. No, they say, Oh my guy, SaaS, we did there. Come on, basically, like, how
1: much, like, what so kind of
3: money I should they have bring the 100k? Be 200k. They say I should bring 200k. I mean, I just laughed. This is, this is crazy. crazy. After all the, <laughs> I Italy. It's it's at the end of the day, that night, it's fact we leave that station or whatever at least like 50k. Wow.
0: Wow. Okay, so um, it's you it's heard your um your story, um, and tolani, and it's very it's similar. I hear two similar things. I hear Surulere. I hear 11 p.m. and I hear people not wearing uniform and just jumping on your car like nobody. No, 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 no. Let me say this:
1: those people are definitely in uniform oh you're hundred and uniform? they have those horrible like guns they go around with you know talking about oh, they're going to wow. shoot your tires and leave you here <laughs> they were definitely dressed oh. so i actually thought they oh. were like these masquerading as their
0: waistband. uniform you just
3: one stupid black jacket, Joe. Oh. that uniform
0: so if you're going to before we move on i just wanted to know when you jumped into when they put you in the van were there other people mm-hmm. in that van as well or it was just you in that van
3: it was me first then later they found sp- one other babe that they carried too Wow. I oh, said. so you guys are just mingling. <laughs> no no, I was thinking, mean, like that, I was thinking about how I'm going to leave settings. Say ming, which kind of mingo be that? I thought that, that
1: they was only did the men though. So
0: they
3: were bonding up a woman yeah, like that. that.
1: So this is very
0: interesting. Um, and it's an eye-opener as well for all of us. Um, and I'm happy you can share yeah. your story. So we're going to dive in um, into the questions. First question, um, you know, I would say, you know, we've been having the SARS process for the past two weeks, um, and I, I want to ask mm-hmm. everyone on this um, podcast: Do you think the pro- um, the process was effective, and why? Um, yeah.
2: Personally, I think I think it was, um, and I think it's very hard to judge these things. You usually have to have some sort of set criteria in which you would determine if something is effective or successful or not in my opinion I believe that it's done three things the NSAT process has done three things the first is I think it has awakened a new sort of consciousness amongst the youth Um, and that and that's very powerful because Mm -hmm. one of the things we have to appreciate in the climate of Nigeria is that the youth are actually the majority you know those that are um, depending on the age bracket you look we're about 60%, 60%, 65% 60, 60%, 65% of the of the community. Now, right now, Nigeria is is ruled by, you know, the older generation and they're, they're in the minority and youth have not really been taking part in governance, for example, or leadership or um, the political Correct. space, you know, or, or things like that that actually go on to influence and affect the lives of, of Nigerians. Um, what this NSAS protest has done is it has suddenly waken up the consciousness of the youth and people right now are saying look things have been bad we've been sleeping we have you know not we've, we've literally not been participating in our nation we have literally just accepted the conditions that we've been you know given or handed off Um, But right now, actually, how do we get involved? How do we do something different? How do we make a change? How do we impact? And just asking that first question from the protest has led to so many amazing things. You know, we've seen Feminist Coalition, for example, they have done tremendous things in the space of two weeks. They have amazing thing that the government has not done before that the, that the government has not done before exactly you know we have seen a proper legal framework that has gone on to touch many states within nigeria in the space of two weeks we've seen a helpline that has been set up in a couple of days to actually get first responders to to, to affected um, nigerians in the protest we have seen a, 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 a hunger. For education in the youth on, if I was to make a change in Nigeria, because we know that a change needs to happen, how can I navigate that? You know, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn? People are now asking questions about what the constitution is. You know, what are the things in the constitution that we can challenge? You know what, what, and then we've seen things like you know um, the salaries that's been published by senators, etc. And people are asking, is this fair? Is this good? You know what? When we compare poverty levels, when we compare illiteracy um, uh, um, uh, in the country, how do we start to bridge this gap? Now, before the youths were not asking these questions, people were laughing about the the condition of the state because Nigeria has made you just deal with things with humor. But now it's like people are yeah. people are now. People are now very restless about the fact that they don't want to leave the state of the nation in this condition to the next generation this way. They want to do something, you know, they want to find out how they can do something. And then I think the second thing that it has done is it has provided a sense of purpose, you know, to the youth. Right now we have seen that everyone has decided collectively. The NSAS process brought everyone together to say. We need to make a change. That is the end goal. You know, we're all going to do this together. Nigeria right now, um, pr- prior to the NSAS size protest, the, the, the thing that the government and the older generation had done is they had instilled some sort of dividers amongst the youth, so amongst people in the sense of um, religion, in the sense of ethnicity, um, in the sense tribe. of these different fractions, tribe, mm-hmm. exactly. So there was never a point where people felt like, actually, we all have an end goal. We all, we all have a togetherness that we can drive towards. But now this end, this end SARS protest by making SARS the target, making SARS the enemy, everyone came together because SARS yeah. do not discriminate on your tribe. They don't discriminate on your religion. They do not discriminate amongst those, those ethnic lines. They would do the same thing that they are doing to a Yoruba person, to an Igbo person, and the same to a Hausa person. So then when mm-hmm. the protest came, it's like, if this is happening there is a, there is a common enemy here, and, and we all have to come together to demand that change, to demand that they answer us to demand police reforms, to demand that there is a proper judicial reform, to demand accountability, responsibility. people started singing the same tunes, people started saying the same thing, and now we're at a position where there is a there is a purpose that that you know and people have come together to try to achieve which is we need to make change and we need to make that change soon and i think the the third thing about what the protest has done and i, I say this with a heavy heart we have lost a lot of brothers and sisters to the protest we have we, we, we've, we've witnessed a massacre that happened um, in Lekki on tuesday yeah but what that has done is it is giving all of to us the, to the people who get to the heroes to the heroes exactly but yeah, what that has okay. done is it has given everyone a shared experience. We have all gone through the same trauma, the same grief, the same pain, the same disappointment, the same struggle. This is something that we would share and carry on for years to come. But, you know, and and, and because we leave, we've leave this experience together we now feel like we belong together you know we now feel like we can share something together we we, we've been affected by the same thing together we've witnessed the same thing together so the 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 what the what the protest has done is it has awakened the youth it has given the youth a sense of purpose and it has brought the youth together with the shared experience and these three things are a very powerful combination that I can can actually go on to make proper change within the nation.
0: Um, Thanks for sharing that, um, those three points. We'll come back to it at the end of the day. Um, Tolani, what do you think um, in terms of the process? Do you think that the process has been effective?
1: I mean, for me, I think my answer is a bit, like, twofold. I think yes, in some ways it has been effective, and I think no, in some ways it hasn't. Similar to what Thomas said, I think... um, yeah, it showed how we could all come together for a common cause, you know, so as <laughs> does not know your trade, you know, so from that perspective, yes, I'm not going to, like, go and go by his points again, but I think I agree with everything you said there about coming together, working together, 100%. Um, I also think that it's been effective in the sense that it's been a huge learning experience. You know, a lot of people were going into the law and looking at the constitution and things like that. So, yeah, that was, like, good and everything, but I feel like, well, that's important, you know. Um, I think what the last sort of week has revealed is that our system does not really like work according to the law. You know, what happened on, on, on what was it, the 20th? That was completely unconstitutional and doesn't even get acknowledged. So as much as the law is important, I think what is more important, especially now when we are sort of at, at a key turning point in our history, is to know what has happened before, like what came before us. A lot of the people that are still lead, are leading us today have been leading us from the 80s. And it's literally the same playbook. It's literally the same playbook. So there's no, like, new tricks. We need to know what has been happening before us, you know, before we can sort of strategize as to, okay, this is how we're going to move way forward.
0: You know, knowing the history is very important. so I think from that,
1: like the protests have been effective because they have sort of showed us where we need to look now um so i think from that perspective it's been a good learning experience where i think that maybe we sort of went wrong and this is obviously like in hindsight so like you know not blaming anyone and i think we all learned this um it's sort of like i mean unfortunately people people died in in this um whole thing and it, it just did not need to happen you know, I think we need to all be very careful about the narratives that we put out on social media, even like in, when we speak to people and talk to our friends. I'm applies to every single one of us. Like we had this, um, this like that hashtag that was going around, like we dig, the we pin. And like, that was like, you know, it was good and everything. And it like really, really spurred people on. But for some people, when they're processing about stars, like we're all coming from very, very different backgrounds, you know, and it's like for you or me, maybe let me use myself, it might be about iPhone, no, be gone. Or stop stopping us and taking us to the cash point. For some people, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. It's like, stop raping us, stop killing us, and jumping our bodies in the river. So, like, it, it runs deep for a lot of people. You know, they've really, really been ravaged by this, like, these people that are supposed to protect us. And when she hit the fan, because of, like, the emotions that really, really run deep, I think a lot of people were, like, blinded by that hopelessness and anger. And they really, really pinned. And unfortunately, some of those people lost their lives. So, like, I think... As much as, you know, we want to like, you know, be present online, we want to push the narrative. We just all need to be very careful about how we do that, because at the end of the day when it really came down to it, all these people that were like, we pain, we pain, they went home, you know, and and those that like were really, really the ones, because let's face it, guys. There was was definitely like a difference between the group of people that stayed that night and the group of people that went home, you know, so it it was a very different look. and I think that yes. that says a lot about what this, like, movement really meant to people. And we just need to be cognizant of that. Um, so I think that was also, like, a learning yeah. experience.
0: I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, and the next question, and this came from that live video from DJ Switch. You know, one of the comments from that Instagram live said, Didi couldn't say DJ. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, in terms of international press and cyberbullying. Um, And the question goes, how effective do you think the mode of communication in in terms of international press, how effective do you think this mode of communication is in a country like Nigeria? And and if I can rephrase it, it's like, we saw like a lot of celebrities, you know, calling out on their other international celebrities um, for help, like, please use your platform to um, amplify and, you know, get our message across so we can get the press to look into this. Push for international press. How how effective is it? Um, I'll
1: start with the <laughs> like, again. Yes. Sorry, collage, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'm about talk about We've been all talking about this for the past how many days, so I'm happy to... Um, I think it's important yeah. to raise awareness. I think that it's like, it's completely... You know, the fact that things like this can be happening in a country like Nigeria, you know, one of the most prominent countries in Africa and will be under the radar it's, it doesn't make sense. So I think the coverage is good. However, I don't think I don't agree with this idea that we need to be like bullying people into speaking up for the cause. We need to respect how people choose to move. You know, a lot of people are doing a lot of things offline, you know, and they don't they don't put that on their page. Um, as much as I think that the online presence is good because, you know, it gets the message out there. Like, look at how much donations came in just from, you know, sharing that message and celebrities even tweeting the feminist quote, um hashtag, sorry, not hashtag, handle. Um, so I think it's good. But this whole idea of, like, policing people's online presence, it just needs to, it needs to go. Like, the Beyonce bullying, Anthony Joshua bullying, Naomi Campbell bullying. Like, like, what is it? We need to just chill. and And I think one thing that, like, a lot of people need to understand is that... Even though like, this is obviously really, really close to home for us, and you know it's the biggest thing that's happened for a lot of us like, in the grand scheme of like crimes against humanity, unfortunately it, it does not really like, rank high up there. I don't know if a lot of you have seen what's going on in like, Congo and Cameroon and a lot of these other African countries. Um, so it's like it, we cannot get like, we cannot turn ourselves into bullies to make people speak up for our cause when you know there's so many other causes out there, um, and people can choose to stand for what they want to stand for um so i just think we need to be a, a lot more responsible about that i don't know Nigeria. if anybody caught that at in an interview when the commentator said that black west africa is not a priority did you guys yeah, see that I, I
2: saw that
3: that was quite that was yeah. quite yeah deep. i saw, I saw that, video. that fuck they just, they just basically <laughs> say fuck off i mean listen, fuck off guys
1: yeah obviously it's, it's not easy to hear it's but i think, like fair enough like you know there's so many other countries like, and, and I didn't the day, there's fire in everyone. Everyone's house is on fire. Look around the world. Britain has Brexit. There's a freaking pandemic going on. America, they're dealing with their own police brutality issues and Black Lives Matter. And they're not to mention like one of the biggest elections of their time. So it's, it's like, it, as much as that's not what we want to hear, I also don't know what we expect. International sort of like meddling in African politics has never really brought anything positive, you know, to us as Africans. So, I not know about you guys, but I definitely don't want True. America... To as long as you're not gaining, shit. as
3: long as you're not gaining the belly.
1: Exactly. So, I don't even know. If, I think that uh, problem needs to be solved on home soil. Now, as for DJ Switches live, and celebrities calling on Tag Didi, Tag Didi. Ugh, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. The girl was literally asking for people to send out an ambulance, asking for help. Some people were commenting CPR like they were commenting like you know steps to like do cpr and stuff and there's some people out there saying cnn wants to you know uh uh, interview you come on come on uh check your dm in the middle of the freaking massacre like that i have no tolerance for the only person shout out to bernard boy i mean that was the only celebrity i saw that was actually doing anything sensible he's the one that actually eventually like said you know sending an ambulance out to you now and then he came back and was like "Um, the ambulance can't get there the military stopping them so just shout out to bernard boy but other people i saw women mentioned names i wasn't so impressed
3: yeah so basically i know yeah, what I you know mean what about like bullying weird. all them celebrities that's not right yeah bullying them celebrities is not right but why people target those people and stuff is because they have a big platform and it can reach plenty of people because imagine one of them say something before you know it cnn carry that news that this person says this and so you get they're not necessarily and I don't, saying I, that i
1: don't disagree with you that you I think it's very that. important just putting
3: it out there helps because yeah, I know.
1: I. I know agree with you maybe that's not something that i made clear like, i 100% agree because you can only come important. on
3: before me uh motherland motherland when you're when you're when you're making of it
1: but um, there's a time and a place like first of all i don't agree with the bullying you can ask somebody to lend a voice that's fair enough but um and at the time of the the, the live people were dying in her hands L- literally that's not the time to tag did you tag whoever the fuck you want but can you this girl's asking for an ambulance can we deal with that first you know, what do you want to do in that moment?
2: I think everyone has a good point. So my, my personal opinion in terms of um, getting international press recognition and then the second matter of the manner of cyberbullying and getting people to use their platform is 2 twofold. So in every protest, first and foremost, the problems of a nation would only be solved by those within the nation. The reason i say that is because Fair we are running a sovereign mm-hmm. democratic um, state which means that no matter what um, uh, an outside country cannot directly have any influence on the governance or the operations within nigeria so on that aspect the first and most important priority for nigerians is to focus on our leaders and the change we're trying to make for ourselves that is our responsibility towards the cause of NSAS. The second aspect. Okay, but sorry, sorry, before you continue, yeah. before you continue, those leaders,
3: they don't care. They're not saying nothing. They're all hiding. <laughs> they went to their backed house. Back. Nobody's coming yeah. out. You get so Which, like, is you
2: <laughs> to Which is fair. And the second aspect is. the 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 need for getting international recognition is to simply put pressure on the leaders. so like you just mentioned the leaders will not really do much because they've been getting away with this for so long they know that the people are going to make a couple of noise and after a while they'll go i mean that that's the general feeling however international Mm -hmm. recognition starts to put pressure on them and that's what they respond to because as as much as they as much as another nation cannot come and interfere in nigeria nations can Sanctions. So sanctioning is a weapon in the sense of it says if you don't do this or if you continue to cause this abuse, which we are recognizing as abuse, then we would take away certain things. Now, Nigeria, because we run a global economy, Nigeria has to be connected with other nations and other worlds. So they would want to avoid a scenario where they get sanctions or um, they, you know, Direct foreign direct investment starts to get affected. DM he says this perfectly. of so them is a pastor, by the way. He said this perfectly. He said the the way the manner in which we're going, we, we went about the NSINS process and the, the weapon that the youth have is they can be online and offline, which means they can have a physical presence and they can have an online presence. It means that when we're trying to tap into, into international recognition, we use that online platform to get to amplify the voice so that if international press start to pick on it, they can get other foreign governments to try to take an interest. And if they do take an interest, then they can start to put pressure on the government. Then the government can start to want to respond to the people on ground. So that's usually the chain of events.
1: You people, I'm sorry but sorry to interrupt you, but mm. I think that, that my point I said about knowing the history is very relevant here. <laughs> this is not the first time that, you know, international governments will take yeah. interest. Buhari well, literally told them to fuck off. <laughs> they don't give a fuck.
3: <laughs> that's exactly what I said.
1: Yeah. So, and, 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 and another
0: thing about sanctions, please, because I saw what's going on. When you sanction a country, exactly. it's not only the leaders that pay for it. We pay. We pay. You know, at the end of the day, the, we that were protesting for change, we suffer it. So at the end of the day you know i take everything with a pinch of salt so if you even if we want to sanction our, our leaders and everything and we think oh you know these people in the west would but be here, yes, we will yes it's not just the leaders they when know. you
2: want to make a significant change in a nation that would never come without pain it would never come without sacrifice we cannot have we cannot hope for a scenario where no one gets any negative You know, effect from trying to protest and trying to cause change. We we know that we're going to have to sacrifice something. So I hundred percent
1: agree with that. But that cannot be at the expense of the freaking international community.
2: But 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 what I'm trying to say is, if you if you protest, the aim is to put pressure on your government to respond to the demands and then to cause that change. If your protesting, Mm -hmm. your local protesting, is not getting that desired result of the pressure, then obviously you try to get out, you try to seek out other, other means or other mediums. Now, there's there's not to say that if an international, um, if you get international recognition, that would make any sort of difference. There's no guarantee. No one knows those things. However, we do know that government would have they would they usually have some pressure points. That they choose to respond to. We don't know if that's international recognition. We don't know if that's local economies being affected. But when you protest, you try every means possible. You don't take anything off the table. Why? Because you're trying to fight for a cause. And when you're fighting for a cause, you're playing against every medium or channel that you have. The
0: thing is, what I'm trying to say is this mode of you know, international press, is it effective in Nigeria? And please, you know, I understand that we're trying to, you know, say what the advantages and the disadvantages of protest is, but we need to say in a country, now, mm-hmm. now we're looking at what has happened, you know, because we can't see, do, does it work in a country? So we're I think to like the international people in. I,
1: I was Are we talking about you know, getting the press? Are we talking about getting the international involvement? Because international press and international involvement is two different things.
0: So international press is to get international involvement. That's why I'm getting from yo, all, all, all these sanctions and this and that. I'm not, for, that. The, that. <laughs> I'm not
1: that, for the international that. involvement. International press, very here for it. I don't think that these people should be able to shoot you in plain sight and it doesn't even get covered. People need to know the atrocities that are being committed on in our country. Now, when it comes to the international community getting involved, I'm not for that. I'm, I'm not for it personally it's a person. I agree not for it. they don't come to our country to, to do anything that doesn't benefit them and i'm not about to let my people be dying yeah for the benefit of of that, no. that's that's they, what, raped, what, them. Right.
3: exactly Please. what she said right there
0: we don't want it but but international press is to show the atrocity or to show what is going on i'll shed some light so whole world so, can you see know what's going thing. on in nigeria um Okay. And so I'm going to, you know, move on because, you know, this is going to be a long podcast. And as I said, you should get your tea, get your coffee, get your wine. <laughs> uh, so you can top up now and continue. Twitter, round to share, please don't drag us on Twitter. We're just expressing our opinion. Yeah,
1: Cyberbullying is real.
0: Cool. You, Last question is future and next step. Where do we go from here as a nation? I'll start with Istioma. That
3: question is really deeper than normal. It's Ishtioma. moving forward in this country is that, because come to think about it, since they gave birth to me, the same people leading have been the same uh-huh. people leading.
1: I'm telling you.
3: You get So to be honest, I don't see how they want to move forward. Because let's be frank. Someone like the president or, or let's just say all those people. Did, can, can any of them boast of a 10-year plan for the country? No. Why? <laughs> no, wait.
1: wait sorry, sorry. 10 no, years do be short. A lot of thing.
3: them. You can guys I just say, say one, one say? thing
1: on you guys? For you guys, please. We have to take personal blame in all this, all of us. Yeah, when true. it comes to, like, APC and PDP and all this other, when it comes to elections, a lot of us don't even ask for fucking politics. We don't even want to... We don't even care to know. We want to know whether it's APC or it's PDP. And I don't know... I guess I don't speak for everyone, but I definitely know that a lot of us are guilty of, oh, who do... How are we aligned with which one? Which one is going to financially benefit us? Which uncle do you know where? Which family member is aligned with which one? Because like, that's the mentality a lot of that. us
3: grow up with. We need to stop it. That's what we need to yeah. change. Because what, what this protest showed me was that everyone joined together and they were like, it, like I've never seen that kind of like, thing before, ever. Do you get?
1: Yeah.
3: Do you get? Exactly. It's because you like, have a common enemy. All other <laughs> things don't really care about. Yeah. About, basically you get all those little things that you try to enforce on nonsense. So yeah. I don't know, man, to, to move forward, to be honest, they need to start putting, like people, the, the, the government, man, the people in charge need to change. That's the only way I can see the country even moving. Mm. That's mm-hmm. my own opinion.
1: I think well, that is has been a very tumultuous, like two weeks, but, you know, as we talk about, we've all learned a lot. And I think a lot of people are really, really high on emotion right now. And I think that's good, but it needs to be channeled into the right things. Mm-hmm. Because emotion without strategy is, is nothing. It's completely futile. So we need to go back to the drawing board. What have we learned? Okay, social media is a great tool. We all came together for a common cause. But something that was like our strongest, like, well, not strongest strength, but I guess biggest strength, it, it didn't really, it was also kind of like our, our biggest downfall to a degree because these people could see all the moves. They could see everything coming. So there was no like, you know, all cards were, were just out in the open. You know, there was nothing like kept to the chest. Um, we need to see how we can really work around that. I agree with you that we need to get, like, involved. We need to get active in politics. We need to also have, like, be more responsible in how we, like, even things like being active with the voting. Um, the re- What you said about the 10-year plan, it's so true. You know, if, if anybody asks you about the Democrats and Republicans, yeah, you know what each of those parties like, broadly stand for. I have no idea what APC or PDP stands for. None. Because <laughs> they don't run on, they don't run on on, on <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> Yeah, they don't run on many okay. with how, we, you know, with how yeah. we, we elect these people. So personally, I don't want anything to do with either of them. I think we need to like, start from drawing a whole new party, but we can't just get like, someone who's pipe from all this that's been going on and start voting for them. I don't think it works that way. And I also think that, to be honest, that person is taking on a very dangerous role at this time. I think we need to engage with people that have come before us. You know, like, you know how that, that proverb that says, what's an old person can see sitting down? A young person cannot even see standing up.
2: Well, I think That's what really we not
3: really see
1: clearly we could not see drugs, right? You, I don't know about you guys, but when I spoke to my like my parents, in fact, my sister was yeah. told me just today that she spoke to my dad like a few days before the whole like horrible situation happened. And he literally told her everything that was about to happen word for word. Why? Because it's nothing new for them. Their generation has seen this kind of stuff happen over and over again. You know, even if you go on Wikipedia, there's so many like um, uh, um, articles on like massacres that have happened. You guys, we just do not, we're not armed with knowledge. And we need to really go and individually like take that responsibility Exactly on what you just said because
3: even during uh, this whole thing, my dad was giving me so many gist about things that happened. And at the end of the day, Sha, what he said was that he was really proud of this generation that he didn't believe that because he was always insulting our generation that all we do is use phone, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, man, he thinks his generation is the one that was stupid. I was just laughing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> so,
1: yeah. we need to strategize and part of that strategy means you know engage with those that have come before us know the history you know know how these things have been done we don't necessarily need to like get them involved actively yeah. but we need to engage with them because the fact that was our biggest downfall just not knowing like how bad things could get so quickly so, tome what what would you
0: say um, i mean where do to know, change, I, I echo everyone's where do we go from um, opinion on
2: this i think and I hate to sound idealistic, but I think that the truth is we all have to sort of recognize that there's an aging population right now that's in power, but that aging population is going to go eventually. You know, in the next 20 years, they would have naturally taken their cause and they're gonna- um, they're going to have to hand over the baton. Tome, I think tome, ra- tome,
3: tome, tome. to their children. Tome, to their tome, children. Tome,
2: don't tome, give it to their kids. Just to
3: put you on what you just said. Yes, they're aging. But guess what? you are already grooming the next set of buffoons. I, yes.
0: I I completely yes. agree. Don't
2: don't get me wrong. I completely yes. agree. I, think, I exactly. think one, we need to know that there's that window of opportunity, first and foremost. And then I think we now have to, as as a collective, we now have to, like Tomani said, strategize on how we can possibly try to influence the fact that the baton is not handed to the wrong people, which is already probably predetermined. Um, one of the things that I would say is, and again, this may sound idealistic, but the truth is Nigeria is a democratic state, is a democratic nation, which means that the single most powerful source of, of effecting any change is the vote. So like Tony said, I think we need to start strategy we need to start putting proper strategy on how we can make our votes count yes there's been rigging. yes there's always violence yes it never seems like it's a free and fair election but that those are the things we need to try to uh, we need to start to try to combat how can we start to ensure that we run fairer election uh, because, I, I, I once, agree on that. because once we get it when we, once we get to a position where our vote actually counts the youth have the numbers. That's how we take, that's how we can take the country back and actually cause that change. But first and foremost, we need to find a way to make sure that our individual votes starts to count and we're running fairer and freer elections. I don't.
1: Yeah, I echo yeah. all that. I echo and all I that. don't
2: have the answers. But. Uh, but
1: can I just say one thing? Just out you guys. I think we all, we also have like a duty Thank to just you be so responsible much. here and sort of yeah. highlight that. No, they're not just going to hand over you know the country they're not just gonna <laughs> making the elections like free and fair is to no benefit to them they are very aware of that so there's a danger here you know is what well, the road we're about to go down as a collective like as youth of nigeria that want to take the country back it's it's a it's a dangerous one yeah, that's the truth is. and and but it's one that we have to do we do have we owe it to, to our know, ourselves and and, and unfortunately are like, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk people have to, to your kids because let's be
3: know? frank i don't like a situation whereby all oh my guys are calling me like, ah, oh, guy, when you to come on night. Like, bro, I don't want to leave my country. Like, why can't I be looking for? Do you guys, mm-hmm. everybody I know, I see now, i did London now. Me, people don't peel out. Do you <laughs> guys. I <laughs> uh, so went back to school, not into to me, see <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> now, so I someone say, oh, mom, forget, I'll go to I'll go school again, it don't no matter. i like, do you guys, <laughs> you just to yeah. get out of here, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. We like, my uh, uh, yeah, like the, like, the government does not do shit for you. Yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say. Like they, yeah, and, yeah. and at the same time, you can't even say, Oh, you want to do <laughs> a business because you might just start this business, everything put on money, get loan. The next day they'll just bring one rule and ban shit. All these people that start a logistic business, they ban Okada overnight. Next morning, they ban it. you know what I'm trying to say? Wow. So, so yeah. like, man, it's crazy, man. This this country.
0: I I never like I think on my mm. podcast I just never you know dive in and give my opinion. Um, but drop the knowledge. This drop last question I want to I want to I want to drop you know one yeah, of you. Thank you, thank you, Sioma. Um, but what I would say is, um, next step because I have PVC I voted. Um, it's not easy voting. It's not easy getting PVC um, and that's the reality of you know. Sometimes you don't even what know don't register. What's a It's like it's a mess, um, and this is, uh, this is this is this is INEC like INEC. You know, this is a mess. It's not easy, I, and I it's I not like when it's close to election about, like that you will tell but, us three months. You know the population now. Three, three months cannot. It's not it's enough for all, all of us to. So and I tell you, it's not. What? I mean, a lot of people live in Lagos, live in Abuja, live in Port Accord, It is not from there. It is where you are from. It is where you are from. Yeah. It, is, it starts from your own state. You know, charity begins at home. You cannot be running for post in Lagos and you're not from Lagos. Let's, please, let us face reality. It has to be where you are oh, from. Sure. You know, you get your support from your people. So I personally would just say this. If you really, really, truly, you know, you need mm. to play. You need to yeah. play this politics too. You need to get into the politics and play the game. 100%. I say this thing. If you don't play the politics, you are the politics being played. I, and I think this is what it has results to in hindsight, looking at everything that is happening. So I would like to round up and I would like to thank everyone for joining the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. Um, it's been a pleasure us. having Tome, Tolani, <laughs> and Isioma. But before we round up, we want to we want to we wanna you know just go briefly what we spoke about. So we spoke about um, we have Isioma and Tolani, they spoke about their experiences with SARS firsthand. Um, and then we spoke about how effective we thought the protest was, um, what we learned, international press and cyberbullying, and the future and next steps for Nigeria. Um, it's been a pleasure having everyone on the podcast, you know, just discussing freely about what we think. Um, it's just a discussion. Please do not hold <laughs> it to your chest because I know some people will listen to this. And the next time my DM will be popping, I will ignore you, or I'll block you. Also, also, another thing I would say is um, you, we mm-hmm. need to get to grassroots politics. And I'm not saying House of Red, because the next thing, the first thing that everybody... That's is do, is that it's not house, house of, of, of Red, it it's what level. You know, know your people in your ward. <laughs> it's been a pleasure um, having oh, all of you around with you? Yes. Rap-